Hello, hello. Welcome to episode five of At Least You Didn't. I'm Caroline Verdon. I'm Annabelle Buckland. And here's another podcast for your ears of disastrous stories from mine and Caroline's lives. <laughs> we promise you that the well did not run dry. And uh, yeah, here we go. It's easy peasy, just a ton more for you. Our lives are complete disasters, which is what bonded us really, isn't it? And we thought, let's make a podcast of it. So we each wrote down on pieces of paper all of our terrible misdemeanours, pop them in a bag and pop them in the post. Uh, then we had a few gins, started recording uh, and one by one pulled out these terrible tales of things that we've done because we just figured it would be rude to keep them to ourselves. It would be selfish really, wouldn't it? And what has been <laughs> fantastic since we launched is you have been sending us your stories oh. in their tens... <laughs> I was going to say droves. I was going to say droves, but then I didn't know if that was the right use of the word. What's a drone? <laughs> no, that is how you use it. Anyway, we've had loads of your stories and we've got a right corker for you today. Yeah. <laughs> the first time that we've included one of your stories oh, in one of our episodes. It's so good. If you would like to get your story included, uh, we are on all the socials. Uh, at least you didn't find us on Facebook and Instagram uh, and you can send us the stories there. And who knows? Maybe your life could be just as disastrous as ours and you could be making a little feature on here soon. In the meantime, on this week's episode, at least you didn't ruin your husband's job, stamp on a baby, or do something unimaginable over the Queen. At least you didn't kick a baby. I tried to snog the vicar. At least you didn't show the bin many knickers. It could be worse. Right, here we go then, Caroline. Here's one for you. At least you didn't embarrass yourself on a conference call. Ah, not even my conference call either. Um, Someone else's. Yeah, yeah. Rob. Your poor long-suffering husband. <laughs> yeah, never before has a state would ever been so true. Poor and long-suffering. <laughs> um, so he had just started a new job and... I'm used to him working from home. It's sort of, he's done it on and off from time to time. It's quite normal. Um, and I'm used to him being on conference calls and things like that. It's quite normal. But we've always had this rule that certainly on a Friday, whatever time you're meant to finish, you finish on a Friday. Other days of the week, fair enough. Um, and it was Friday and he was meant to finish at like 5.30. And he hadn't finished. And it was like six o'clock and he still hadn't finished. It was 6.30 and he still hadn't finished. And he's still upstairs in his office on a boring conference call. Yeah. And me being extremely bored and thinking I was funny, um, decided to... Now, I feel I need to point out first that this is way pre-lockdown. I'm talking like five, six years ago. This is pre-Zoom. None of that existed. Okay? <laughs> so, Rob's really late from work. He's still working an hour after he should have been. He's on this boring voice call. I decided to remove my upper clothing the bra came off the top came off such a weird way of saying i stripped <laughs> <Yeah>. off <laughs> it's also a weird way of saying hurry up finish work um and he's in he's in the office by himself and i opened the door with the kind of force that you would see you know like when you watch like the bill or police programs and they get someone to kick a yeah. door down it's like yeah when it jumps off the hinges it was like that i sort of kicked it in with both arms above my head in almost like a, a prayer position like a belly dancer yeah. would and i gave myself a right old wiggle and went la 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 because his conference calls are just boring phone calls 
only this conference call was not a phone call. I did not realise it was a video call. And it wasn't just a video call with his boss. It was a video call with the directors. I don't know how many there are. I can just tell you there were lots of faces on the screen. Oh, (laughs) lots of faces. But the worst thing about it was, well, one, I was stood there with the tatars out. But two, we didn't actually know if they'd seen it or not. Because the way the bit of kit that they used worked is it would only show you the video of the person who was talking. Who's talking. And everyone else, it just showed a picture of their face, like a still image picture, photograph of their face. And so Rob was then like, shh, shh, and like gesturing for me to get out. And I didn't know what's going on. And I'm still like, woo! Just in terms of like the placement of the room. Yeah. When you came in. Yeah. Were you, are you there, but are you behind Rob? Oh, I'm behind him. Yeah. Oh God. Oh yeah. Oh God! Oh, yeah. So what happened? Um, nothing was. Did he, did he ever speak about it on with the rest of the people on the call? So nobody said anything. He never said anything. He did get a bonus that year. I, I don't want to say. <laughs> I don't want to say that that's because of. I hope you took it. That's because of my good work and not his. But you know. <laughs> okay. At least you didn't ruin a camping trip. Okay. So this story is from a long, long time ago. Oh, I see. It's one of those. Look, it's a long time ago. It does, You know, it's water under the bridge. I was still in primary school at this point. I th- okay. think. I'd, <laughs> I'd gone on this um, camping trip with my auntie and my uncle and some of their friends and the two babies. My first cousin was about two and my new cousin was only a few months old. Emma. Wow, I mean that is brave to go camping with like a Oh, I know. They're they're really cool. They're just they're not phased by anything. They were those kind of cool hippie cool kind of parents. parents. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Who, yeah, they're just like, yeah, we'll go camping with two children under 2, no problem. <laughs> and they took me, like they they asked my mum, does Annabelle want to come with us? And That's I was so excited. That's even more insane. So not only will we take our own two children under two, but we'll no, take Annabelle as well. I was a very good girl, Caroline. I was no trouble. <laughs> I was a I was a joy. Anytime any any of my friends' parents had me over, whenever my mum came to collect me and she'd say, thank you for having Annabelle, they'd say, anytime, she's a joy. So I was no extra trouble. Thank you, please. So <laughs> we, went, we went on this camping trip. And I was in the tent with my aunt and my uncle, the baby, and the two, my two-year-old cousin. And I was in a little room with my yep. eldest cousin. And my auntie and uncle were sleeping in the main compartment with baby Emma in the middle of them. My auntie said, if you need to get up in the middle of the night for a wee-wee, wake me up so I can help you. Jump over the baby. climb over us yeah. to get out to go for a wee. So... I needed a wee in the middle of the night. Obviously, yeah. I unzipped the, the thing. I had to crawl over my two-year-old cousin. Um, and I managed not, you know, kick her in the face. And Yay! I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I kind of, I unzipped my um, aunt and uncle's little compartment. I woke my auntie up. I was like, Auntie Ellie, Auntie Ellie, I need to go for a wee. So she woke up and she said, okay, I'm going to guide your foot. <laughs> to help you climb out without stepping on the baby. 
she literally picked my foot up by my ankle and she guided it. She almost drew like a semicircle in the air with my foot to show me where my foot was yep. going to land. But it was such a small step. I thought, I can step further than that and I can do this in fewer oh. steps. I thought I can be less of an inconvenience by doing this in fewer steps. So she went to put my foot down and I ripped my foot away from her and stepped further and planted my foot right on my brand new baby cousin's chest and put my full weight on it. <gasps> no. I, to this day, don't know how I didn't crush the poor little bugger. Are you sure there wasn't a bit of jealousy? No, no, not at all. I loved her. I did manage to redeem myself about six months later when my uh, my little cousin, she was sitting on the sofa, right on the edge of the sofa, and she tipped herself forward and I launched myself across the room and I caught her. So I think that managed to cancel out the horror of stamping on her chest and crushing her lungs. So we're all even now. I mean, yeah, at least you didn't get a little bump on the head, eh? Well done. Yeah. Well done yeah. you for evening that out. <laughs> at least you did. Hang on, hang on. You did? Oh, yeah, you did. Oh, you did. I think we can say no expense was spent on editing that into a new jingle. <laughs> Uh, so this is the part of the show where, for the first time ever, we're going to share your stories. If you fancy getting your story on the podcast, then there must be something wrong with you. And we are all for that. So get in touch. Tell us your story. Tell us your at least you didn't. Instagram's probably the easiest one. Just DM us. Bish bash bosh. Who have we got this week, Caroline? So this week we have a comedian from Leicester by the name of John Pearson. Johnny P. Okay, hit us. At least you didn't defecate yourself while shaking hands with the coach of the men's Olympic hockey team. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Would you please elaborate? <laughs> so uh, whenever I tell this story, especially to other com comedians, they always go because it, it basically it starts with, well, I was booked for a corporate, which means I was booked for a gig that was a lot of money for doing very little. Uh, so everyone always goes, oh, you got booked for a corporate. But I was booked for a corporate to... Uh, to do a stand-up show for the men's Olympic British men's Olympic hockey team. So these are Olympic sort of like medalists, and they wanted a comedian. And I turned up. Now I'd just been on. I was still on the um, which diet was it? I was on a random diet. Do you know when you're just on so many diets? I think it was like a. Yeah. yeah. It might have been Atkin. Oh no, it wasn't. It's was keto. I was on the keto diet. So okay. I was on the keto diet, which wasn't agreeing with me very much. Uh, <laughs> In, in the in the in the uh, digestive department, and um, <laughs> as I uh, as I pulled up to uh, to to the uh, the gig outside of a uh, a lovely um, lovely village hall, which is where they were having it, it was nice, and they were all dressed in suits and all that sort of stuff. As I walked towards the guy, I was uh, I, I thought, well, let's be honest, I, I was too confident with a, with a fart. That's what I was, <laughs> and. As I met him and he shook my hand, I shat into my own pants and... Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, audibly. No, not audibly. And I think I must have, there must have been a look of amazement on my face because he went, is everything, is everything okay? And I went, yeah, 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 it's fine. I'm just going to, I've just driven, I've, I've driven about 45 minutes, but I was like, I've just driven for like three hours. I just need to go to the toilet. So I had to go to the toilet and... Um, and luckily, hadn't there? There'd been no seepage through from seepage. boxer shorts to trousers. John, <laughs> John, 
So it was just a, a matter of gathering gathering it all up into the boxer shorts and putting them in the bin of the toilet and then and then doing the gig. Uh, so I did the gig completely commando. How liberating for you. I uh, know. Oh, it was amazing. It, it was the best gig I've ever had. Liberated of your bowels yeah. and your pants. Oh, I felt so much better. I, I just... <laughs> It was just, I felt like there was a pressure and then the pressure was gone. As soon as I'd done that, I was like, well, this can't go any worse, can it? So it was a much more liberating gig to do. I was like, well, what can, what, what more can go wrong? Nothing as bad as that. I'd like to pick up on the fact that when meeting a new person, you think that that's an appropriate time to fart. <laughs> yeah. It was it was more as I was walking towards him. Uh, so I was like, and I didn't realise, well, I, mean, I didn't realise he was going to be there. I was walking towards the door and he came out of the door at the time. So I, I'd liken it to... Do you know when you're at a roundabout and you yeah. just think, I've got enough time there, but you've committed, so you just go through it. I was like, I'm committed. And you really did. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was all in, <laughs> but also all out at the same <laughs> time. <laughs> Have you ever pooed yourself in front of someone completely inappropriate? or uh, done something equally disastrous. <laughs> if you have, then do get in touch on the socials at At Least You Didn't and tell us your terrible stories and we will share them with the world. Right, let's get on with the show. Right. At least you didn't do something very inappropriate over the Queen. Yeah. The actual Queen. The actual Queen. Right. So... Um, I, for quite a long time, did a lot of serious journalism. I know it's a struggle to believe, um, but it involved me going into war zones. <laughs> Such a casual. It just involved me going into war zones all the flipping time. It's a struggle to believe. Have him. Um, but, you know, I've done my training on how to dispose of bombs um, and what to do if you are taken hostage by the Taliban. Wish I was kidding. Have you really? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Loads of, it's called heat training. Hostile environment. Yeah, done it all. Hostile environment. What's the rest of it? I don't know what the A's <laughs> for. Something training. Hostile. You've done the training though. I've done the training. I've got a certificate. They spelt <laughs> my surname wrong, uh, but it's fine. I've got a certificate. So um, I used to, because of this, do quite a bit with the RAF because I've been out to Afghanistan with them and done various bits and bobs. Um, and on a random Friday, I was at work and I had a phone call and it was the head of press for the RAF. And she started off the phone call by thanking me for all of my wonderful work, um, which was lovely. And, that you is know, lovely. Everyone likes to get praise. Everyone loves that. You know, she's like, you've, you've come to Afghanistan with us and you've come to Cyprus and you've been training in America with it. Like, it's amazing stuff over the last few years. Um, and then she said, I'm phoning because I've got a special treat. Who doesn't love a treat on a Friday, right? Oh, God. Um, and she said, so tomorrow it is the Queen's birthday. And for the Queen's birthday, there is a fly past of all these planes flying over Buckingham Palace. I mean, I can't Do... believe you didn't already know this, being such a serious journalist, <laughs> having done all of this training. I can't believe you weren't the pilot leading the parade. So she said, do you want to be in one of these planes? And I thought, what? Like, absolutely, yeah. Like, what a massive honour. Yeah. And then she said, not even in any of the planes, but in the VC-10. Right? Oh, now the VC-10. <laughs> oh, my God. Does it get better than that? The VC-10. Right. 
Right. So the VC-10 um, is like a refueler plane. Okay. Like, and are you it, sure it, it was called the VC-10 or have you yeah. just made that up from your brain? <laughs> No, it's definitely what it was called. So it, it's like a petrol station in the sky and it would fly up <laughs> alongside like other planes and would like inject fuel Can you pop into in them. and get like, a Mars bar? Yeah. <laughs> and one of those Ginster's pasties. Absolutely. <laughs> That's... <laughs> the service it provided um and uh, it was going out of commission so it had been used by the raf for uh 50 years i think they started using it in the 60s um and it was going to be its last official flight over buckingham palace its last fly past before mm. it was decommissioned so it was yeah. a real big deal i can oh i can tell big deal <laughs> i jumped at the chance obviously um and she said, right, you've got to be at Bryce Norton Airport at like such and such time in the morning tomorrow. And I was like, yes, brilliant. I'm going to be there. Like, I can't wait. Um, now, that night, I was going out with some friends for dinner and drinks. And one of my friends is in the army. And I told him about this. And he laughed and said, hope you got your sick bags. I thought, what is he on about? There's always got to be someone that's a Debbie Downer, isn't there? Well, and I figured there's a little bit of a jokey rivalry between the army and the RAF. I thought, yeah, jealous. Jealous. Well, just jealous. Just jealous. That's all it is, just jealous. So I ignored him, had a very good night, um, got up feeling slightly worse for wear in the morning. I see where this <laughs> is going. Got to the airport. I, I reckon there were maybe 10, 12 of us plus the crew. And it's a massive great plane. But that's how, like, a proper honorary moment it was. Like, mm -hmm. it was proper amazing thing to be able to do yeah big big deal on the vc big deal and so i get on the plane and they start serving breakfast it's not like it's a long haul flight is it no which is weirdly an omelet and let me tell you the stench of egg on a plane is blooming disgusting no thank you <laughs> so they start serving breakfast we've not even taken off by the way and they're serving breakfast right um and on comes the last couple of crew members and they are holding stacks and i mean like massive great wadges meters high in the air stacks of sick bags i'm already feeling a bit worse for wear everything smells of egg That's now i'm seeing sick see. bags so i'm yeah. getting a few warning bells <laughs> that maybe today like won't go as planned <laughs> anyway, we take off and we go out over the sea somewhere, I don't know where, and we wait there just doing little circles for the other planes to join us. And there's like Spitfires and the Red Arrows and Tornadoes and like all the cool planes. Everyone is there. It's like a meeting of the Cool Plane Society is basically what it's like. <laughs> I don't know why you're laughing. This is, this is cool. This is like amazing. Anyway. Yeah. So um, once we're everyone's there, we get ready to go and do this fly past. And you're really close to the plane in front when you do the fly past, like mm. like nose to tail. You can you can see the plane in front. Um, you're also really low to the ground and you can see people, properly see people. Oh, I don't enjoy that. Well, you know, I'm still quite enjoying it. It's still quite fun. And just before we go to go over Buckingham Palace, we get that little bit closer and that little bit more together. Yeah. Have you ever been on a plane during turbulence? Yes, I have. And I would put it up there with one of the worst moments of my life. Yeah. I have actually like grabbed the almost the crotch of the person sitting next to me <laughs> in complete terror when the turbulence was that bad on a long haul flight to Australia. 
Most people would have just grabbed an arm or something. Interesting that you went straight for the crotch. I um, didn't know what I was grabbing. <laughs> I can't be responsible for my actions when I'm terrified. Um, so, yeah. So, basically, turbulence, but of the worst imaginable because the air can't smoothly go over any of the planes because there's too many planes close together. So, yeah. I feel like a jumping bean. The whole plane is just going left, right and centre. It is horrendous. Like, with this big egg smell. Oh, no. Yeah. I start oh, no. feeling a little bit worse for wear and we go and we're edging over and I can see at this point the Queen, I can see Prince Charles, Wills and Kate are there, like everyone's waving and I'm thinking this is amazing and literally at that moment that I am directly over the top of the Queen, I can't, I can't hold it in anymore Um, and that's it, that's it. <laughs> oh, but Caroline. it's not just me. The crew are fine. They're used to this sort of stuff. The other 12 passengers, all very unwell. And it's like, you know that thing, if someone else is sick near you, it makes you... Yeah. Oh, my God. It was like this. It was like a table tennis game. All of us. Oh, my God. Back and forth, back and forth. So, basically, as the crowds are going wild and clapping and waving and the Queen's doing a funny little arm wave and saying, how wonderful, how wonderful... Everybody up there is spewing their guts out. Why would anybody decide to do this? Why would anyone decide to do... Why was this a treat? (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, she built it as like, thanks for all your work, Caroline. We appreciate you so much. Come and spew your guts up in a tin can. Uh, Yeah, I mean... Awful. What are you doing with all these sick bags once once you've filled them up? Where are you putting them? What are we doing with them? We're putting them on our seats. Um, and then there's some poor bloke who's coming around with a black plastic sack. And that's his job, <laughs> is to collect the very many sick bags. Just oh, my God, their... like a little puke porter. Like a puke. <laughs> <laughs> now, Ooh. he was having the worst. You think your day was bad. He was having the worst day of his life because he was effectively... Just a puke porter. At least you didn't kick a baby. I tried to snog the vicar. At least you didn't show the bin many knickers. It could be worse. Well done for making it to the end of another episode. You've you only say that like it was terrible. <laughs> you say well, that like, well done for clinging on. You've managed it. It was a right old episode. Yeah, I should say... <laughs> You're welcome for that episode. (laughs) You are so welcome. And if you want another one, we release one every Tuesday. So just hang in there, friends. You lucky little thing, eh? Uh, On the next episode, at least you didn't have a run-in with a wild animal twice. Witness a death on a date. Or do the worst thing possible on a kid's play date. We love sharing our stories with you, but we would love to hear yours as well. So if you've got something that makes us feel better about our terrible lives, do find us on socials and let us know. We are at At Least You Didn't on everything. On everything. We can't get enough of it. Uh, Thank you so much for listening and we'll be back for next week's episode. I'm Caroline Verdon. I'm Annabelle Buckland. Goodbye. Goodbye.